0: I, had a, I have a cafe in town that I, just, I really love. And the reason I love this cafe is it has the most extensive menu I have ever seen in the whole world. And I've been to places with big menus. This place takes a cake. The menu at this restaurant is 16 pages long. And, and not just like one of, not one of those, you know, the fancy restaurants where they have a whole page dedicated to the duck or something. This is like, it's, man, it's like rapid fire machine gun of options. Uh, it's the kind of place where you go and you're trying to order and you just have to actually give up on reading the menu because it's like, I'll be here all day if I try to read every item that's on there. Uh, but one thing stood out to me and that's their extras menu. And I've actually got a picture of it this morning. This is the extras <laughs> and you can see it's quite, it's quite extensive. And, and, but what, what, I want, what I want you to take note of is, we've got things on there like applesauce, right? We, we've got some stuff on there that's free, like the balsamic vinegar. Uh, but, but if you look a bit further down over this side, you see an extra beef short rib, approximately 390 grams. If we keep looking, there's other things on there. Uh, I think it's along here somewhere. There's also a rump steak that's on the extras menu. And there's also pork belly. Now, I I would like to propose that these things are not extras. (laughs) These things are a main meal. Like, imagine going in and you're like, oh, I'll just get the short ribs with a side of short ribs. I'm like, what? No, that's, 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 a, that's a main course. You know, Maybe you want to feel better about yourself, so you're like, oh, look, I'll get the salad uh, with a side of short ribs and a side of a steak. Um, I'll just get the 400-gram rump steak with a side of a 400-gram rump steak. Th- these things are not extras, I feel. <laughs> I feel like these things, and I, I can see in some people's minds, you're already like, I know where I'm going for lunch. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get the steak with a side of steak. Um, but, but it just made me think how sometimes in life that there can be things that are so important and so, I guess, critical to our life of faith that we can sometimes treat like an optional extra. Maybe we can treat them like it's, they're, they're, non, they're nice but not essential. Things about our faith where it's like, yeah, that, that would be great if you have that, but it's, it's okay if you don't. And, and I think what can actually happen is we can end up living our Christian lives almost like in limp mode because we're missing some of the strength and some of the fullness of life that God has for us. And who knows, life can be full of of challenges, right? Anyone in here discovered that there's challenges in life? A few of us, yeah. (laughs) you know, sometimes the storms of life come and the wind and the waves blow. We can feel a little bit tossed around by life. There can be ups and downs. We can feel like there's some battles. And I don't know about you, I want to face life with everything God has for me. I know there's going to be challenges. I want to live a strong life. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to live a strong life? Right? We want to live a life of strength. We don't want to live a life where we're tossed around by whatever happens in whatever week. A life where we're strong and firm and secure. And I want to propose this morning that I think one of the things that we can treat sometimes as an optional extra is joy. I think sometimes, Joy, it's like the one on the the fruit of the Spirit that, that it's a good one, but it's like we could cut that one out if we need it. Like we need love, we need patience, we need kindness, Joy, that'd be good. But, uh, you know, if we don't have it, we got it. But, but I actually want to propose this morning that joy is the key to living a strong life that isn't tossed around by the circumstance, that isn't tossed around by a bad doctor's report. If we can live with joy in every situation, we can live a strong life. Does anyone agree with me this morning? And I think that Nehemiah suggests it in, uh, in, in chapter 8 of Nehemiah, um, and I've, I've called the message this morning, don't neglect joy. I was going to call it a fancy name, and then I thought, no, I just want to call it what it is. Don't neglect joy. Turn the person beside you and say, don't neglect joy. So I want to read Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8. I'm going to read verse 8 to 10 first. And if you're familiar with the history of Nehemiah, essentially Nehemiah leads some people back to Jerusalem. They start rebuilding the city walls. And at this point, they've they've essentially rebuilt the city and they're now kind of starting to get things back in in order. Uh, And they have this, this pretty incredible story where Ezra gets up on this platform that they build and he basically reads out the law and the prophets. And it says like 24 hours straight, he's just up there preaching. And I'm like, man... I I, I struggle for 30 minutes. This guy's gone for 24 hours. Um, But anyway, something interesting happens here. And it says, they read the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving giving the meaning so the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Now, the different commentators will say for different reasons, but essentially it's thought that these people were here and they're hearing the story about how much the people, their, their ancestors have kind of messed it up. They're starting to come under this conviction and starting to weep and to feel sad and mournful of, man, we've messed this up. This is, this is not okay. But then Nehemiah goes on in verse 10, "'Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks,' And send some to those who have nothing prepared. Amen to that. Go and enjoy sweet food, uh, sweet drinks and good food. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your, everyone say it, strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah is saying, hey, don't neglect joy. Don't be so downcast and sad. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's, I think, the first reason we've got to be so careful not to neglect joy is because joy is strength. Joy is strength. More joy, more strength. When I face a challenge with joy, I'm actually facing it from a place of strength. And I think when we think of strength, right, that our natural first thoughts Tend to be more of a serious thing. I feel like a picture of strength is not some dude usually like walking down the street like laughing and giggling. Um, That's usually the sign of someone you should maybe not talk to on the street. Actually, it's a bit concerning when someone's walking along giggling to themselves. But you know, joy is often not seen. I think as a place of strength. But what Nehemiah is saying is actually, hey, joy is strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And what I think is that joy actually shows internal strength joy shows that i have won the battle on the inside i can be joyful out here because i've won the battle in here and even jesus goes on to show this image in hebrews 12:2 it says fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Isn't that amazing? The way that Jesus faced the most difficult day of His life was by focusing on the joy that was ahead of Him. And I think that's a challenge to all of us. Man, if we want to be strong, if we want to tackle some of the challenges, or go, through, uh, go through strong some of the challenges that are in our life, man, it is so critical that we face it with joy. You know, that's why we sing fast songs at church, right? We, uh, we sing fast songs at church not because, you know, it's like we don't know how to end a service. That's not why we do fast songs. It's not like, oh, we're at the end now. Uh, quick, play a song. It's, it's actually because we want to leave this place, from a place of strength, by declaring God. But when we praise God, what we're saying is, Jesus, you're actually victorious. Jesus, I can actually live a strong life because of who you are, because of what you've done, because I'm not a victim to my circumstance. As we praise God, we're lifting our eyes off of our situation and putting it on to Jesus. We're celebrating that he is victorious and that no matter what, I'm not gonna let anything steal my joy. Is so powerful. And I want to encourage us, hey, we got a, we got a fast song <laughs> at the end today. As we go out of here, let's go out in a place of strength. Let's go out remembering that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and I've really noticed, you know, um, over my time, I guess, as a pastor, seeing people, you know, who've been going through different challenges. And, and one thing I've noticed is that when people enter into the challenge with their joy, it's like I'm so much less concerned. I'm confident they're going to make it through. As people come to me and they say, hey, this is, I've got this big challenge looming, but I know that God's with me. I, I know that I'm going to make it through. I'm not going to let this situation rob my joy. It's like, man, this person's going to be okay because they're coming from a place of strength. But when someone comes into a challenge and it's like, it's, it's all over the top of it, It's where you start to feel a bit concerned because it's like, man, you've, you've let something take your joy And the joy of the Lord is your strength. You're operating from a place that's not as strong as it could be. They've lost their joy. Maybe it's the concern, and and I guess it would be a question to you today is, are you living with the joy of the Lord as your strength? Or do you see it as an optional extra, a nice thing that happens sometimes? Or is it actually something you're relying on to get you through your life? Joy is strength. Joy is also, and I think why we can have it is, Joy is dependent on who Jesus is. You know Happiness is just a feeling, right Happiness comes and go. Uh, some things make us happy. Some things make us happy, some, some things don't make us happy. But joy comes from a confidence in who Jesus is. Joy comes from knowing that I'm on the winning team. Joy comes from knowing that at the end of the day, sin and death and shame, they don't have the final say. Jesus has the final say. So that gives me joy because I know I'm on the winning team. I know that I'm not in this race just to lose it. I know that Jesus is with me, that I'm not alone. And again, this is not fake happy that I'm talking about. I think there's two extremes we get to when we talk about joy. We get to the fake uh, happy, happy side where it's like, everything's great. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm so happy. I'm so joyful. And then on the inside, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. I'm worried. I'm concerned. But we, we, we put on this facade of, I've got joy. And then on the other side, other extreme, we've got these people who have the deep joy. I don't know if you've met someone who has deep joy. It's it's so deep, you can't see it. <laughs> it's, it's so far down. It's like, you say you say, you know, aren't you supposed, you know, you're saying that you're a Christian who's full of joy, but you look like you've been sucking on lemons since breakfast time. Like, it's like, we, we, this is balance, right? Of, of We don't want to be just, it's, this is not a facade, this fake positive thinking that just everything's okay. But at the same time, it's not joy that's so deep that we can't see it. It's, it's, it's living with confidence in who Jesus is. I, I've heard it said that negative thinking is walking down the street, seeing a lion on the street and thinking, I'm going to die. And it's probably probably what a lot of us would think if we saw a lion on the street. Positive thinking, walking down the same street and going, there's no lion. (laughs) But faith thinking is saying, there is a lion, but I know that I'm gonna be okay because my God is bigger than whatever challenge I might be facing. And I think that that's how we gotta face our life with joy. Why can we face every situation with joy? Why is it not dependent on our circumstance? Well, in James 1.7, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Jesus never changes. And if my joy is set in who Jesus is, rather than what my situation is, man, I can live in a place that always has joy, right? Right? because I'm not dependent on what's going on around me, I'm dependent on who Jesus is. Our circumstances will change, but Jesus never does. He's consistent, and that's the truth. The thing is, facts change, but the truth doesn't. The fact is, last time I checked, it was overcast outside, right? But just because it's overcast outside right now, doesn't mean it's gonna be overcast forever. Like, it's a fact that it's overcast, but it's not going to stay that way. I know this because I was up early and it wasn't overcast then. And now it is overcast now. And I bet, knowing Toowoomba by this afternoon, it'll be sunny and beautiful. And then it's going to snow a little bit later on. And then we're going to be back to spring tomorrow morning. And then, I don't know, I don't even know what season it is. Is it autumn? I think we're in autumn. Then we'll be back to autumn after that. <laughs> Facts change, but the truth doesn't. Facts change, but the truth doesn't. But sometimes I think, If I'm honest, I've let this happen before, we can can let the facts become final. How it is is how it will always be. But when I take the fact of my situation and I tie it to the truth of who Jesus is, then I can actually live in truth. The fact might be that you're sick, but the truth is that Jesus is a healer. The fact might be that, man, it just feels like the whole world's against me, but the truth is that Jesus has overcome the world. The fact might be that you feel alone and someone's let you down, but the truth is that God is always with you, that He never leaves you, that neither life nor death or anything in between could ever separate you from the love of God. That is the truth. Does anyone believe it this morning? And when we take the truth of who Jesus is and we tie it to the fact of our circumstance, then we can live in a place of joy. I'm hurt. That's a fact, but the truth is Jesus is my comforter. Finances might be tight, but He's my provider. Come on. If we always have Jesus as the source of our joy, we can live in a place of joy. Facts change, but who Jesus is will never change. It doesn't change like shifting shadows. It is the one constant that we can trust on in our life, and I believe it should be the source of our joy. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, You fill me with joy in your presence. Isn't that an amazing thing? It's like when we're with Jesus, it's just that's where joy comes from. And, and I think this is, there's been this, uh, sometimes there's an image of it's like we have to bring Jesus's God's presence down from heaven um, or, or we have to get to a certain place. But the fact is that, that wherever you are, Jesus is with you. And so rather than I need to get to God's presence, no, no, I need to become aware of God's presence, that in my challenge that God is actually with me. It's not that I have to get to God's presence. I have to get to an awareness that I am in God's presence in the challenge, in the good time, whatever I'm facing, I'm in the challenge with Jesus. We have to make sure that we get our joy from Jesus. Final thought is that, Joy is a choice. And I'm just, we're powering through the service. Eh? It's 10 a.m. That's awesome. <laughs> joy is a choice. Joy is strength. Joy is dependent on who Jesus is. And joy is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. Will I live in joy or will I live in sadness? And I think sometimes we can, we can look to, I need something to give me joy. And, and I think there's some, there's some value in that. Sometimes we've got to do something that reminds us to have joy, right? Um, If you see Nehemiah, it was like, go eat some good food, go have some sweet drinks, give to someone else, and then remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe that's a word to you this morning. Maybe you need to go somewhere nice for lunch, treat yourself to a yummy lunch, and remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe you need to do something for somebody else, because I mean, in generosity, I think that's where we really discover joy. When we do something for someone else, and remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. But as much as it is some things we maybe need to do to get it kick-started, it's also just a decision that we have to make. Make a decision that I'm going to live in joy today. I'm going to step in to joy today. And I remember doing this so many times, and it's still do in the morning when I wake up, and I sometimes just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and it's like, no, no, I'm going to step into joy. Joy the Lord's my strength. I'm going to step into joy today. And I think we see that with Nehemiah. He says, go enjoy food, celebrate, give, and what's the people's response? It says in verse 11 and 12, the Levites calmed the people saying, be still for this day is holy and do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Hey, the fact is, nothing changed in their situation. They just made a decision that we are going to live in joy. We're going to go and eat. We're going to go drink. We're going to go give something to people. And we're going to recognize that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Coming into joy is a decision. Tough week, but I'm going to step into joy. Challenging stuff coming up, but I'm going to step into joy. And I remember having this, this revelation of, of how valuable joy was. I remember uh, pretty specifically riding my scooter in Taiwan, um, which was an experience, right? Because they have road rules, but they're definitely more of suggestions. Like, they're not really rules, they're suggestions. It's like the lights red, yeah, you should think about stopping. Um, it's like, Ugh. Um, And I remember there were some pretty crazy drivers, and I remember getting so frustrated sometimes when someone would cut you off, and you'd feel like, oh, you know, you nearly killed me, like, what's going on? And you start to get angry and in a bit of a funk, and, I remember it was like God spoke to me inside, just on the inside, and said, what's your joy worth? Is your joy worth that? Is your joy worth more than someone driving a bit wild on the road? What is your joy worth? And I wonder what your joy is worth. I wonder what joy is worth to you. You know, we know in John 10, 10, it talks about the the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think if there's one thing he wants to take, he wants to take away your joy because he knows the joy of the Lord is your strength. I keep saying the same thing, but I'm hoping you're getting it this morning. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, we're a church that's full of joy, right? Joy is our strength. Joy is not weakness. Joy is power to live the life that God has called us to. So what is your joy worth? At work, what's your joy worth? Is it worth more than a slow computer, an annoying coworker, a demanding boss, a coffee that wasn't that great? Is your joy worth more than that? And if we're honest, right, if I can just be honest and I I hope that I'm not just, everyone's looking at me a little bit like maybe I'm just the only one that does this, so I'm going to go away and reconsider my life, but uh, reconsider my priorities in life. But sometimes all it takes is one little thing. It's like that joy's gone. Now I've ruined my day. It's like, come on, my my joy's got to be worth more than that. Come on, parents at home, is your joy worth more than a bit of marker on the wall? Um, A child covered in pseudo cream? Is it, is it worth more than spilt milk? Um, what's, what's your joy actually worth? And, and I think sometimes we've actually got to take a moment to remind ourselves that my joy is worth more than this. That, that the kind of house I want to live in, it's a house that's full of joy. So I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to choose joy. When I'm faced with cleaning up the spilt milk, I always come back to this because I feel like being a parent, I understand now where that saying, don't cry over spilt milk comes from because I've been close to it a few times. (laughs) I don't know what it is about milk. It's just so sticky and gross and all over my floor. But what's my joy? My joy has got to be worth more than that. And I've got to choose that I'm going to step into joy. And maybe there are some practical things I need to do. Maybe I've got to make some decisions that are going to bring joy. I remember our family, and I guess this was one of those stories you learn about your family when you get a a little bit older. Um, Mum and Dad telling us about this really challenging time they were in, um, in in a whole bunch of different ways. And they said they just felt like this kind of crushing weight. And they're like, we need to laugh. And they went out and they bought the box set DVD of of Mr. Bean. (laughs) And every night we'd sit and we'd watch Mr. Bean. And it was such a simple thing, but it was a reminder that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That, you know what, we're going to laugh when the challenges come. Not because we're gone a bit loopy, but because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That we've won the battle on the inside because Jesus has won the battle out there. So we're going to live in that strength of joy. We're going to do something that reminds ourselves. And I'd encourage you, what brings you joy? Go and do it. Remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I rode my bike down some steep hills with my friends yesterday and I felt like, man, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Maybe that's it for me. Maybe it's different for you. It's probably different for you. Go and do something that brings you joy because it's your strength. What's your joy worth? Come on, imagine if your house or your workplace, your school, imagine if they were full of joy. I don't think it tends naturally towards that. So I think we've got to be self-appointed joy leaders in our workplace. I'm gonna bring joy into my workplace. I'm gonna bring joy into my home. Whether we're the parent, whether we're a kid, make it, let's make it our responsibility that this is gonna be a place of joy. Because a place of joy doesn't mean this is a place that's not serious. It doesn't mean it's a place that we take things lightly. It's a place of strength. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I guess why this was really on my heart today, I was just thinking this week, and I just realised, man, we've got to show joy to this generation. We've got to model joy to this generation. What this next generation needs is for us to model authentic joy. I think if we look at statistics, it's just mental health stuff is just bursting out. People dealing with depression on levels that we haven't seen it before. And thank God we're actually starting to get better at helping people through that stuff. And people are able to now kind of more openly speak about it. But man, we've got to show them that joy of the Lord's your strength because the world's telling us that joy comes from position and joy comes from possessions. And it couldn't be any further from the truth. Joy comes from knowing that Jesus has overcome, that I'm going to be okay, that my situation isn't final, that there is a hope and a future for me, that no matter what my past looks like, it's not going to dictate what my future is. That's where true joy comes from. And I think we've got to take it on ourselves as as a mantle that we are going to demonstrate. We're going to show what true joy looks like to this next generation. Authentic joy. Again, not just happy, happy, everything's going to be okay. Not just this facade of it's all fine. Authentic joy. Authentic joy. And that's what people are looking for. That's what this generation more than ever is looking for is authenticity. They're looking for you to be real. But I think sometimes realness can be seen as, as negativity. It's like if you're being real, if you talk about all the bad stuff. But I think realness is, is, is sharing the whole truth, the fact plus the truth. You know, that being authentic is how are things? Not great. How are you? Awesome. <laughs> how are things? Terrible. How are you? Terrific. How are things? Pretty awful. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm great. Because my situation doesn't define how I am or what my joy is, I've got joy that comes from the Lord, and it's my strength. So I'm going to live in that strength. Come on, we've got to be authentic with this generation. I just want to challenge us as a church, parents especially. Because and, and, and please, they're parents. You're so much more, so much further along this journey of parenthood than me. But I just really feel like it's our responsibility to show this next generation a true and authentic joy that goes beyond whatever the moment might be, a true true joy that's actually strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So come on, let's not neglect joy. Joy is strength. Joy is not dependent on our situation. Joy is dependent on how good Jesus is. And joy is a choice. So let's choose to live in joy this week, today, as we go out. Let's live in a place of strength, a place of joy. Got a couple of questions just as we finish up here. First question, does the way you live your life model joy? Really simply, if you were just to to do an honest kind of self-check, look at yourself, are you living in a way that reflects joy? Or are you living in a way that reflects A few too many lemons for breakfast. Think about it. Are you living in a way that reflects a true and authentic joy that doesn't doesn't discard the facts, but that adds the truth of who Jesus is to it? Next question. Are you looking for joy in the facts or in the truth? Are you relying on your circumstance, your situation, something external to bring you joy? Or are you saying... I'm going to be a thermostat. I'm going to set the level. I'm going to set in my life that I am a person of joy. The final question, how highly do you value your joy? Is it the forgotten fruit of the Spirit? Or do you actually see it as this is a way of living in strength? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I want to encourage us all. Let's make a decision to step into joy today. Hey, would you stand with me this morning? I'd love to pray. I hope you found that encouraging. And every week, I guess our goal is that you leave here feeling better than how you came in. Um, And and hopefully this morning you don't feel like, yes, you should be more happy. (laughs) That's not the message. The message is, hey, let's relax. Let's go out of here joy. It's as simple as stepping in. It's not about some ceremony. It's not about some complicated way of getting refilled with joy. It's just saying earnestly in your heart, Jesus, would you touch me afresh with your joy? And I really believe that God wants to do that in some people's lives this morning, that maybe you're here and you just felt really down. You've really felt just a bit overwhelmed by what's going on. And I just really have the sense that the Holy Spirit wants to fill you afresh, give you a fresh touch of joy this morning. So why don't we just close our eyes. And if that's you, you want a fresh touch of joy, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with us. Yeah, plenty of people. I think it's great. That's awesome. Well, Jesus, we just thank you that your joy is our strength. And we just believe this morning, as we make a decision to live a life that's full of joy, that you're going to fill us afresh with joy in Jesus. And I pray for every person here today. I just pray right now, Jesus, that you touch people's hearts, that you'd almost just soften people's hearts this morning. They go out of here with a fresh sense of the joy that's available to them through you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, also, I'd love to pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never made a decision to go on a journey of following Jesus. Can I just encourage you? that's all available for you too. He wants to fill your life with joy. He wants to fill your life with vision. He wants to fill your life with purpose. He wants you to live the kind of life that is just so full and so rich that's not just about yourself, that's actually making a difference in this world. And and if you'd like that, it's as simple as just in your heart acknowledging and even just saying to Jesus, hey, Jesus, I want that. I want to go on a journey. I I want you to lead me. Jesus, if you're real, would you... Come into my life, would you show me the way? Would you would you start to lead me? Would you make yourself real to me? And if that's you, it's as simple as just saying something like that in your heart. Jesus, would you would you make yourself real to me? And I really believe that he's gonna touch you with his joy, that even as you walk out of here this morning, you can walk out, nothing's changed out there, but you're gonna walk out different. And I really believe that. So Jesus, we pray for anyone who's making that decision today. Jesus, I pray that as they open their heart towards You, You're going to fill them with joy and vision and purpose for their life. In Jesus' name, Amen.